This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless. Living Witness Ministries is seeking to fulfill its God-given mandate to reach the world with the life-giving word through outreach ministries including the Living Word Podcast, Living Word Broadcast, and daily words of witness on our pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Liker. In addition, Living Witness Ministries is embarking upon our Project ATL campaign with the goal of establishing and launching our ministry headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia in the fall of 2021. If our outreach ministry is a blessing to you, won't you consider supporting the ministry in our vision? You can donate via Cash App at dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. That's dollar sign capital L capital W Ministries 2020. Thank you in advance for your support and for doing your part to help us reach the world with the life-giving word. Our text today is found in the gospel according to St. Luke. Uh, We're going to be looking today at the second chapter. We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 14 as we come to the close of the Advent season and the close of this series on this is your season. And I feel it's apropos to deal with this particular passage of scripture in the way that God has for us to deal with it. This is our call to action message. And what you find written here, beginning with verse eight, reads as follows. Now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. But behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. As we speak this morning to the subject, drop your blanket. Amen. Drop your blanket. Now you may say, well, pastor, I don't understand where you got that from. And all I can tell you concerning this subject is, is that I'm a sucker for an old cartoon. I grew up like many of you with Charlie Brown and with the Peanuts gang. And I was watching, actually, I was listening to a story on the radio last week about this particular airing of the Christmas special, the Peanuts Christmas special. And everybody knows the Peanuts Christmas special. It's about the the, the, the real meaning of Christmas and the portion in it that really got got me that the individual on the radio was speaking about was this portion where Linus came in the midst of Charlie Brown's exasperation and his asking, does somebody know what Christmas really means? Does somebody really know what the meaning of Christmas is? Charlie Brown had gotten to the end of his rope. He had tried every avenue 
and had come to the point of just being exasperated, just just feeling like he didn't know what to do. He had done everything that he could, but didn't know what to do. And it was in that moment that Linus stepped up and he asked for the lights to be dimmed and he began to speak. And and the person that was on the radio talked about this as he began to speak. And as he began to speak, he uttered this passage of scripture. And it was something intriguing about this passage of scripture, which is where the subject came from. And Charles Schultz actually had this written into the cartoon because Charles Schultz was a believer. And, and Linus had this security blanket that he carried around everywhere he went. He carried the security blanket everywhere. I would venture to guess he probably took it with him to bed. He probably took it with him to the bath and everything else. But when he got to verse 10, in the midst of this discourse, where the angel said to fear not, Charles Schultz purposely wrote in that Linus, for the animators, that Linus at this point needed to be without his blanket. He had to drop his blanket at that particular point in time to continue on with the discourse. Because after the angels had proclaimed to fear not, that triggered something on the inside of Linus for Linus to drop that blanket. And when Linus dropped that blanket, he was able to uh, uh, enunciate the proclamation that the angel made in the balance of the text and he was able to speak even more boldly and with greater freedom to the glorious sight that had taken place that they had been not only witnesses of but had been called to be participants in and and what god desires us to do today in this in this call to action message this this going home message of this series is is to take our rightful place in letting go and and letting god appear in us amen See, God desires us to, 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 to stand boldly for him. And, and God desires our worship to not only be real and not only be practical, but he wants it to be relevant. And the way that our worship becomes relevant as it pertains to doing the will and work of God is it has to be unencumbered. It has to be completely free. It has to be, with, it has to be practiced with the full liberty and backing of God through the Holy Spirit. And that's what this text is speaking to, is speaking to us getting to the point of being free to worship, being free worshipers. Being free to worship God, being free to dance, being free to lift up holy hands, being free to proclaim the good news, being free to, to, to cry and to laugh in the spirit, being free to lay hands on the sick and they recover, being free to drink anything deadly if need be and it not harm us, being free to do the works of ministry. God needs us to drop our blanket to drop those things that we've learned to cling to, to drop those things that we've found to be comforts here in the earth, to drop those things that we've found to be crutches that we can lean on and get to the point of not only walking for God without the unnecessary aids, but to get to the point of running for God. Because we see the vision. Because he wrote the vision playing with the star in the sky. He wrote the vision playing with the star sitting above the child, the king of kings and lord of lords in the manger. He wrote the vision plain so that we could run and read it and understand it and comprehend it. And God is calling us to do just that. He's calling us to do it, though, by dropping our blanket. Because like Linus, when we drop that blanket, that blanket that's dropped is represents some things that we need to let go of. And the first thing we need to let go of is, is drop the blanket of comfort. Amen. Well, look at what it says here in verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, in our text here, 
what the shepherds are doing is the mundane work of watching over sheep. When the angel came to visit them, they were out there tending to the lambs. And the lambs that they were tending to were the lambs that were used for a sacrifice in the temple. So these individuals literally were watching these lambs and preparing them to die. This was uh, an, an unenviable task that they had, church. It really was unenviable. unenviable. You really had a dead-end job. You really had a job that, that literally only came out one way for the individuals that you were watching, and that's death. Yet at that moment of the angelic visit, what happened was is that the shepherds were ushered instantaneously into a new realm of responsibility. They were no longer overseers of individuals that were on their way to death, but they in that instant became privy to the group that will become purveyors of the good news that will lead to eternal life. They were being introduced to God's perfect lamb that would take away the sins of the world once and for all. And their job description in that moment had been changed from one of serving in the shadows to, to one that's front and center in the worship of the coming Messiah. And this is what we've got to understand, that, that, that God needs us to get to the point of, of, of getting beyond our self-imposed comfort zone, getting out of being comfortable with what we see and taking God at his word and believing what he says. Because when we believe what he says, what we see doesn't matter because what he says trumps everything. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle of God's word comes back void. And God needs us to stand on the promises that he's given us to stand on the good news that he's given us to stand on the mandates and the edicts that he's given us. This is why we got to drop the mundane things in life that have become comfortable to us. And, and instead we got to take up the work of worshiping the comforter. Amen. We got to drop that blanket and pick up the resolve to worship the one that truly can watch over us and that can truly give us comfort. John 14 and 18 says, this, this baby that was born, if we fast forward to John 14, 18, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In other words, I'm not going to leave you motherless. I'm not going to leave you fatherless. I'm not going to leave you without provision. I'm not going to leave you without protection. I'm going to make sure that everything that you need is provided for because the word of God says that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, which are found in Christ Jesus. That includes us, church. That includes us. We're part of the supply for someone. Our witness is a supply for someone. Our witness is a lifeline for someone. Our witness is the call in the midnight hour for someone. Our witness could be the very last straw that doesn't break, that saves their natural as well as spiritual lives. But we can't walk in that measure of relevance if we're walking by sight. We can't walk in that level of relevance if we're just doing like the shepherds and just working a dead-end job by having a dead-end life 
when our life ends when we're dead. The word says that the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come, Jesus said, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. An abundant life is a life that's set apart for God to use so that every moment is maximized. And God wants us to maximize every moment in living for him, which leads us to our next point, And that's dropping our blanket of security. One of the things that I found that's just exhilarating and yet frightening at the same time are people that truly live on the edge, the true adventurers that, 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 that go for the gusto and, and, and live on the edge. They take no thought for it tomorrow. They live for the thrill of the moment. If we had that much excitement and that much zeal and that much sense of purpose in sharing the gospel and in living for Christ, how much more excited would more people be for this thing that's called the good news? Look at what it says in verses 9 and 10. It says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, in our text here, beloved, the unexpected and glorious appearance of the divine visitor terrified the shepherds. It scared them. They weren't adventurers at that moment. They weren't adventurers at all. But what happened here is that the angel, as he brought the good news of great joy to them, it piqued their interest. And again, it didn't say he brought mediocre news. It didn't say he brought, brought news that, you know what, you may want to get around to reading this when you get a chance. He brought extra, extra, read all about it. We interrupt this, your, our regularly scheduled programming in your life to bring this message to you. I need you to stop, look, and listen to what I'm saying because what I'm saying is about to change your life. They didn't come half-stepping this thing. They didn't come with just a whole hum attitude and, 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 and whole hum mindset. They came with a passion. They came with a purpose. They came filled with power. And God desires us to move through life the same way. He wants us to have that measure of passion. He, he wants us to have that sense of purpose. He, he wants us to walk in that dunamis power. But we can't walk in that passion and that purpose and that power if we're not willing to go for the gusto of lifting up the name of Jesus, of taking no thought for tomorrow, as the word says, and realize that the evils of today are sufficient. So I've got to have a ready word that's going to grab people's attention today. Because we serve a right now God. The shepherds here had a sense of security at this particular point in time. Because they dropped the blanket of comfort. That, that, you know what? That's cool. We can, we can do that. But now you ask me to drop my security now. Now, I, I know that they're doing this thing called shepherding. I got, I got three squares and I got a mat to lay on. I know that I can keep sandals on my feet, my wife's feet, and my children's feet. And I know that I can keep food on the table. Now, now, now you're asking for a bit much here. I, I don't know if I can do that. That, that. That's the enemy giving that false evidence that appears real or that goes by the code name of fear. And when the fear kicks in, the enemy tries to come in and use that fear. To hinder us from doing the work of ministry. But my Bible tells me that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But one of power and one of love and one of a sound mind. And God desires us to walk in the fullness of our faith. 
understanding and realizing that he's not given us a spirit of fear, beloved, but instead he's called us to stand and cry loud and spare not. He's called us to be everything that he desires us to be. He's called us to make a difference in this day and in this age to serve this present age by giving them the good news right now. The shepherds here were given the mandate to, to step away and drop that blanket of security. I need you to drop that blanket of security, to let that fear go and to walk by faith. Fully acknowledge that God is in control. I'm fully acknowledging and accepting, God, your intervention to help me achieve victory. In other words, I'm walking by faith. I'm faithing it right here. I'm believing you, God. I may not know where my next meal is coming from, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. I may not know where my next outfit is coming from for my kids, but I know who clothes the lilies in the field and who clothes the grass in the field. I may not know what comes next with my life, but I do know that to live is Christ and to die truly is gain. Because when I'm here on the earth, on glory with the Savior, I win. That's the mindset that God desires us to adopt as it pertains to living this life in a way that pleases God. This is the mindset that God desires us to have. This is the mindset that God desires us to function in. This is the mindset that God desires us to possess as we go for the gusto of sharing the good news, as we go for the gusto of being living witnesses, as we go for the gusto of living our best life for the Savior. The good news that was brought by the angel was a good news that was designed to pull them out of security, to help them drop that blanket of man-ordained security because they would tell the angel was saying, I need you to drop this blanket of man ordained security and instead pick up the mantle of the one that literally carries the name of God with us. In other words, I need you to put down that rider. If I could talk insurance just a moment, I need you to put down that rider that may be worth $10,000 and pick up the master policy that has a $5 million payout. I need you to stop messing around in the, and majoring in the minor stuff and, and, and tap into the major thing that's happening right here, right now. You're looking for, for, for protection and security for your family just for a few days. I'm looking to, to give you the capacity to get in on the ground floor of an operation that's going to give you and, and your family and your seed, even under 10 generations, eternal life and capacity and the capacity to enjoy eternal life together. Giving you an opportunity to tap into something that's transferable and that's that's willable and that's and that's shareable, kind of like kind of like the insurance game. When when insurance agents get involved, they, they that book of business that they get, that's transferable, which means that when when the agent that originally wrote it dies, that they can will it to their children and it can be an inheritance. Catch this for their children's children. Salvation can be the same thing. It can be an inheritance for your children's children, provided that you take the take the bull by the horns and that you have the gusto and the gravitas to go out there and share the good news. 
God wants us in the same manner that the angel spoke to the shepherds and the shepherds moved. He desires us to move likewise. He wants us to drop our reliance on believing what we see naturally and begin to what to see rather what we believe by faith. Because Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We got to realize that it's not about believing what we see. But God has called us to drop those blankets so that we can see what he believes for our lives. God desires us to walk by faith and not by sight. And that leads us to the last thing that we got to drop. We got to be willing to drop our blanket of, of peace. Amen. Of self-contrived peace. In psychology, there's, there's a technique that I call the, the, the pacifying technique. And that in times of stress and in times of trial and in times of upheaval, individuals and originally from, from my studies, it, it, it originated in, in dealing with individuals that 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 are autistic, but it basically helping people find their peaceful place, find their place of peace, find their place of of of, of, of rest, find their place of even keel, find their ground zero, if you will, and help them get there and, and help them stay there. In the spirit realm, it works the same way, and it's called peace. Look at what it says here in verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Now, in our text here, beloved, the angel is introducing the shepherds to a heavenly praise party that's in full swing with a host of angels praising God for the glorious gift that he'd given to mankind. Now, the shepherds here were excited, church. Yet they were puzzled at the same time. They were in that battle between flesh and spirit that we all engage in. And that the desire to rejoice was being checked by their overriding unction to question the conditions in which this thing was occurring. In other words, they're saying this is a great thing. I'm liking this thing. I'm loving this thing. This is awesome. But. And one thing I learned about the word but from my studies of English, everything that you say before the word but, when you throw in the word but, is negated and voided out. And there are far too many of us that are unwilling to drop that blanket of self-contrived peace in order to grab the perfect peace that comes with keeping our minds stayed on God, and we do it by throwing in a but. God, your word says that I can have whatsoever uh, that I say. If I pray and, and, and believe and, and seek your face and not doubt, but you just negated everything you just said. And there are far too many people in the earth today that are negating the opportunities, that are negating their ticket. They're voiding their ticket. They've had their ticket in their hand meant several times over. They've had it punched, bound for glory, and they've allowed the butt to get them kicked off the train. And here God is, is speaking through the angel to, to, to them to, to, to usher the, the, the shepherds into the praise party. And help them see that it's not about what you see with your eyes, but it's about what you believe by faith. Because if I look at what I'm seeing with my eyes, the shepherds were saying, what I'm seeing ain't making sense. Because the accommodations of a manger for the king of kings to rest in wasn't an image that 
gave the shepherds peace. But even through the accommodations, and even though the accommodations were lowly, his birth announcement was anything but lowly. See, the shepherds came to realize that peace was not something that they could see. Peace was something that they had to sense. They had to sense peace. And in order to sense peace, they had to put down the natural stuff. They had to put down what they smelled. They had to put in, in the manger. They had to put down what they felt. They had to put down what they saw. And they had to close their natural eyes and open up their spirit to sense the peace that was there, to sense the joy that was there, to sense the reverence that was there, to sense the magnitude of the moment that was there. Because I can only imagine what that moment was like. We've all been in moments where it's like, you know what, this feels like a moment that's special. This feels like it's going to mean something. We can all speak to that that it said yes to Jesus because the day that we met him, those were moments in our respective lives that we will never forget. And in those moments, what we saw didn't matter, what we hear didn't matter, what we felt like didn't matter, what we had on didn't matter. All that mattered is that we were in the presence of the almighty God. All that matters is that we were presented with a choice. And we laid aside everything, every weight and sin that so easily beset us. Everything that was keeping me separated. Whatever that blanket is, I'm getting it off me, God. Because blankets are designed to cover you up. Blankets cover you up. They cover up your physical body to keep heat in if you're cold. They cover up your body to keep sunlight out if you're out in the summertime. But I'm here to let you know it's time to strip away those covers. Take off those blankets. Take off that false security. Take off that false comfort. Take off that false peace and allow God's peace that passes all understanding to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus because he'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. God desires us to keep our minds stayed on him. The son came to pay our sin debt and he came to get us back in right standing with God. And it's because of him, church, that our peace today is mature and made perfect. This is why we got to drop the blankets. God is calling us to drop the blankets as we prepare to cross over from 2020 into 2021. God is calling us to drop the blankets, to lay aside the former things. That includes the former ways of thinking, the things that didn't work. Isaiah let us know it in 26 and 3. He let us know it when he told us that our minds will be kept in perfect peace because they stayed on him. That's why I said the peace that God desires to give us is not contrived by man. He needs to let that go because the peace that I'm speaking of is a peace that's sensed, not seen. God desires us in this day to be about his business and to be about doing the work of ministry in a way that changes people's lives, not just engages people, not just comes into people's lives, but, but fundamentally changes people's lives. God desires to use us to change 
people's lives from one of natural life to one of having eternal life. I encourage you today, church. This is your season for breakthroughs. This is your season for grace. This is your season for favor. This is your season for victory. Drop those blankets. Drop the blankets of self-contrived comfort. Drop those blankets of false peace. Drop those blankets of false security and stand on the promises, the comfort and peace of the almighty God through his son, our Lord and savior, Jesus the Christ, amen. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin, I ask you into my heart, and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.